Scott. <laughs> How's it going? It's doing good. We kind of did like a mountain, a mountain man greeting. Yes. <laughs> uh, um, we're back after only two weeks. Yeah, that's probably going to be normal, right? Yeah, yeah. About two weeks. I was I was listening to the the five year anniversary Nerdist podcast. Oh, I skipped that. How was that? It's fun. It's really fun. It's just like a fun little. As someone who's been listening to the show, as you have for like five years, right? Um, it's cool. Um, but yeah, but there's this part where someone's like, "How do I start a podcast?" I was like, "What's the burgers?" He, he he was a nice guy. I don't know why I said it like that, but um, Chris Hardwick was like, "The number one rule to a successful podcast is consistency. Just have episodes out regular for a long time. Sooner or later, something will happen." And in my car, I was like, "Really?" <laughs> <laughs> so never. So never, never is what happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't really think that that's true. Sure. Um, I think having celebrities on your show helps a lot (laughs) to get people to listen, (laughs) (laughs) but it really was like, I've never been a Howard. I was never a Howard Stern guy. No. Um, I was never, I was never, I was never a car talk guy. I don't know what that Um, is. I was never even like a, a the the best show with, with 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 Tom Sharpling. No idea what that is. It's it's kind of this like big cult podcast. But like I, I I've never like I I don't have um, the Nerdist is really the one podcast where I really have um, li- listening to the five year um, podcast. Kind of like oh my god, these people have kind of been a part of my like life for like five years. Like oh. I really have seen these guys like grow. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. I guess they're that show for me too. Although, like, I don't really listen to it very often anymore. I I mostly listen to the hostfuls. Yeah, see, I don't listen to the hostfuls because I think I listened like two in a row or two or three in a row where I was like, oh, I actually don't care about any of this, and I'd rather be listening to something else. (laughs) See, I I was going through like a book phase where I'm like, I need to be like listening to books or something, and so I was like, why do I care about these people's lives? Um, um yeah so they're all it it's kind of like a weird they're the, the the arc of the nerdist is kind of like the arc of a sitcom mm-hmm. where they're all slowly becoming more fit and more successful right like like matt myra's now like you can hardly recognize him and yeah, like you, you 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 forget about it but you know you look at like 2010 and you're like oh my god like oh yeah and like Jonah Ray is now like super it, I, I i missed it but if you listen to it now he's so nice yeah he is and he's not like cynical or like or like you know sarcastic at all almost to the point where it's like i don't know like for a while like is he putting on a thing but now it just seems genuine yeah and like chris hardwick has slowly become like the head of an empire yeah i i I don't he hasn't changed his career has but he hasn't he's like the same guy there's this great joke where um they're, they're talking about how much they've changed and Jonah Ray was said to Chris Hardwick, he was like, yeah, I mean, when I first met you, you were a guy with a lot of money, and now you're a guy with even more money. <laughs> yeah. That seems about right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I think, uh, I don't, I don't really have that many podcasts that I listen to, like, because of, I usually, I mostly listen to, co- because of content now. Sure, yeah. Um, 
There's very few that I listen to because of the host. Although uh, I listen to every episode of the Indoor Kids. I'm not even that much of a gamer, but I just oh I'm, man, See, I, I, I I love Kumail and Emily. Like I, I know them. I would, I know I would, but I've never downloaded it. Yeah, I really like that show. Like to the point where they do this thing called um, they call it the Intro Kids, which is basically like they'll have a guest a lot of the time on their show, but they record, they do this like little pre-record thing. Um, before the guest part of the show starts where it's just the two of them sort of like talking about like the movies they've watched and stuff. So sure. when I don't care about the guest, like sometimes I'll just listen to the intro kids, which is like, you know, like 15, 20 minutes and then it's over. Yeah. Which is like a perfect little morsel of. Right. Right. So that's, I think that's really the only one that I listen to because of the people, well, I guess Harmontown would be the other one. Yeah. So that's another one where I just, I know I would be into it, but I, just, I haven't. Yeah. And now I'm afraid of it. Yeah, that makes sense. It's, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's got a lot now. Yeah, um, there's a lot to go back and listen to. And they do that Dungeons and Dragons thing, so it's got an ongoing storyline. No, totally. And, yeah. and I'm sure it's so rewarding. But right, that's kind of how where I'm at. I used to really like this podcast over the summer. Um, I got really into this podcast called We Have Concerns. Um, with Jeff Kanata from the Totally Rad Show and. Oh, yeah, um, and Anthony Carboni, who is someone in his own right, but I, I downloaded it because of Jeff Kanata. Right. And um, it's it's literally like little 15, 20-minute morsels of them bringing something that they're concerned about. And it's usually like something weird from like a news website. Like, oh, this ostrich was like – had a watch in his throat. And he, you know what I mean? Or like, <laughs> oh, we're making jetpacks now. Or, you know, something funny. Yeah. And they just riff on it for like 15 minutes. And it's great, but they were they come out with like three episodes a week. Oh, and so I very quickly fell like massively behind. Yeah, and at that just and even though there's no continuity, it just kind of like messed with me. Yeah, and I was like, I, I haven't listened to it since like August. I get that. I definitely get that. The one the podcast I probably listen to, I mean, I listen to it literally every day. Is uh, Star Wars Minute. Um, oh, you told me you t- I, you didn't tell me. I heard that on your podcast. Yeah, that's the one I probably listen to every day because uh, I mean it comes out every day. Where uh, are they at? They're they're thirty. They just did episode, I think minute thirty, either thirty five or forty of Return of the Jedi. Oh damn! Yeah. Okay, yeah, they do one movie a year. So they started it like two years ago with with Star Wars, and then they did sure. Empire last year. And now they're doing Return of the Jedi. They like start in January and it usually runs them until about like August. Like it usually runs them through the summer. And then okay. they and then they are off until Have they January. talked about have they talked about what they're going I mean, are are they are they going to move on to the prequels? They don't want to. <laughs> wow, they've talked so about they've talked about how if they do the prequels, they'll do it in like five minute chunks instead of one minute. So they, have to, um, so they so they get done with it quicker. Right, right. Uh, but um, they don't. I don't. I don't. They don't know if they're going to do it or not. Uh, I don't think they See, want to. They've talked about doing other movies, um, like other movie series. Like they've talked about Indiana Jones, and they've talked about Back to the Future. See, it's almost kind of brave, though. The i the idea of a podcast having an end goal is almost kind of endearing to me. Yeah, where it's like this is a project, kind of like serial. 
before it got big, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that was uh, one of my other uh, favorite podcasts uh, ever. Sure, yeah. Um, was uh, Tom versus the Flash. Oh, okay. Uh, which was this guy named Tom Caters, and what he did was um, he took those old, the old Silver Age uh, Flash issues, uh, Flash comic book issues, and he just went through it and, like, talked about what happened in the issue and it's so funny because it's <laughs> you know those silver age comics are are wacky um of course yeah like they'll just be they'll just be like a an issue where the flash turns into a puppet for no reason like <laughs> yeah he's gotta be the flash as a puppet and solve a crime yeah um, that would make a really bad episode of a tv show yeah <laughs> um uh yeah um another one where he turns like enormously fat like just incredibly <laughs> really? obese. Yeah, there's just an issue where the, the the Flash just becomes like the Flab or whatever. I don't. Oh, know. Oh, cool, good. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like, there's a, there, yeah. So like, he would do an issue of that, and then when he was when when you know he got to the death of Barry Allen or just like when the series ended right before di- Crisis on Infinite Earths in the '80s, he just of diabetes. Yeah, he stopped. He just that's cool. That's he just cool. stopped. He did. Uh, he did Justice League of America. Then he did the Flash. Then he did Aquaman, and then he was just like, "Okay, I'm done now." That would make a fantastic episode of the TV show. If just Barry got got a fat suit for an episode, <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> well, I mean, they're doing Gorilla Grodd on that show, so yeah. Okay, can we? Okay, so I'm not the biggest Flash fan in the comic book store. I mean, I, but it's mostly out of ignorance. Sure. Like I know that if I. I know that if I read it, because I know he's your favorite superhero, yep. and I hold you in, in high regard, um, so I know there's something there. But like, I just don't know a lot about the Flash. I mean, he's, I always liked him in the cartoons because he was always like kind of the, the Star Lord of the group, right? Um, Although but, he's not usually that. Okay, but just like in in the Bruce Tim verse, right? That's that's what they did with him there. But yeah, and, and which that's was kind of my valid. Sure. <laughs> Actually, it's funny because you you said like he's the Star Lord of the group, and it's and it's funny because that's exactly what he was because they reinvented the character. Oh, okay. <laughs> Chris Pratt, Star Lord. Yeah, yeah. So it's really um, funny how how accurate that assessment oh, was. Man, I'm good. Um, but I don't. Okay, I know who Gorilla Grodd is just from watching the Super Friends and the Justice League and stuff. Yeah. But are we just hyped about it because he's a gorilla? Like, is there is there a deeper? Because like it blew. Like I knew about it just from being on Twitter. Everyone was like, you know, hashtag Grodd is coming. Right. Um. I mean, it's a thing where I I, I would say I would say at least sixty percent of it is just the insanity and absurdity of the fact that we're going to have a villain on the Flash that is a, a telepathic gorilla. Yeah. Well, a talking. Yeah, gorilla. Like, just he's a talking, he's an intelligent talking evil gorilla. Like, that's <laughs> on a TV show. Like, that's insane. Yeah, on the same channel that like Gossip Girl used to be on, right? It's and rain and rain. Right. It's it's El Rain is still on. Um, Good for the rain. Oh, you know what? I'm getting I'm getting ready to watch here in a few weeks. Huh. As soon as I'm done, like going through the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life, which is graduating college. Um. I'm going to start watching. I've decided I'm going to start watching the 100. Interesting. I I, I just I don't know. It, I'm just getting I, a few people have reblogged it on my on on me Tumblr. Yeah, and it just seems like something that I would have fun with over like the summer. I've yeah I've thought about it. 
Um, I think I'm going to wait and see if they get a third season. If they get a third season, then I'll go back and watch it, I think. Okay, because it's on Netflix, and that's always a that's always a big... Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, Gorilla Grodd, I don't know. It, it's... I mean, yeah, definitely part of it is, like, the absurdity and insanity of that actually happening. But mm-hmm. it's also... Um, he's a big Flash villain. Like, sure. Like, the, 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 the Flash has basically like three tiers of villains um, or not tiers, but, but like three big villains. Uh, hmm. He's got reverse flash. He's got gorilla grod. And then he's got the rogues, um, which is which like, are a, like the ice guy. And the... Right, right, right. They're like a team. Okay. Um, they're like a team of villains who fight the flash. Uh, so, I mean, Man, and they're all already on the show too. Uh, all of them. All, all, let's see. They've all, they're all going to be by the end of the season, I think, except for Mirror Master. He's the only one that I haven't heard any like casting or anything for. That's kind of impressive, though, right? That they're just burning through all of their like biggest rogues. Well, yeah, because I mean, they're just what they're doing is they're setting up the world so that you know, like w- once we get out of season one, hopefully we won't just be doing like villain of the week sort of stories anymore because you'll have all of this stuff set up. That you can mm-hmm. play with, you know, and have they have they not killed anyone yet? Like, no, not nobody. Anyone? Great, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like a couple of like the villain of the weeks have been killed, uh, sure. for one reason or another, but they're like barely real characters, so it's okay. of course, yeah. Like, I'm the, I'm the, I'm gas z- guy, gas villain, yeah, or whatever, yeah. I'm circus villain. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. Oh God! Speaking of circus, did you see Gotham this week? Not yet. Oh Not boy! Yet. Oh boy! It is oh, one. It was a legendary episode. Just oh my gosh! I mean, uh, when when oh, when a Gotham no. episode starts with a uh, a Capulet and Montague battle between acrobats and clowns, you know you're in a good place. Oh my God! That show is just a weekly gift. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, th- th- this was a hard week. Um, school wise. <laughs> yeah. Um, just mid- midterms are coming up. And, right. Um, it's one of those, you know, you're going to, you know, those things where like, you know, you're going to survive. You just haven't survived it yet. Right. It's one of those. Like, yeah. I knock on, I know I'm probably, I know I'm probably going to graduate in May. Sure. But it's just getting there is just kind of a bore right now. Sure. But bore is in pig, not bore is in boring. Right. Of course. Um, but yeah, so I kind of I fell behind. I just today, as the week settled down, I watched. Um, I finally got to. I, I watched. I caught up on Better Call Saul last night. Like I watched Nacho. Oh, nice. Um, and God, I I missed how I missed being stressed. Yeah. Like when he. This is not a spoiler, but when he's like jogging from like payphone to payphone. Yeah. I was like, oh, I miss this. I miss this so much. Oh yeah. I'm, just, I I missed I missed Vince Gilligan as a writer. Yeah, I really just, did. Just a protagonist facing insurmountable odds. Yeah, that somehow still feels small. Yeah, and it's amazing to me that we know where that show is going because we've yeah. seen Breaking Bad, but it doesn't take away anything. Yeah, we're still so, and it's almost Saul is such a surprisingly great protagonist because just seeing him react to. The world is just so much fun. Oh, yeah. Just seeing the world knock him down, but he just keeps getting back up. Mm-hmm. 
that is very much in the vein of Walter, but in such a different way. Yeah. Yeah. God, such a good show. Yeah. And then uh, just this afternoon, I watched um, episode six of Agent Carter because episode seven is still Hulu Plus exclusive. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. It, they it, do it, it backwards, a, huh? It, it takes a good week. Huh. So they, so that show goes backwards from how Hulu Plus normally works. Oh, we're, oh, we're old episodes are eventually taken off. Right. Yeah. And this one, I can't watch. Same thing with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, if an episode airs on Wednesday, I won't be able to watch it until that next Wednesday. Okay. So it's a ABC thing, probably. Yeah, probably. So it's the ABC shows that are like that. That's interesting. Huh. Yeah. So I, I watched the one where, um, no spoilers, but like the one where she like goes rogue, essentially. Right. Right. That's a good one. Uh, yeah, the, the next episode's even better. So good. The, I I wanted to like that show more than I have mm. for a while because, like, as much as I loved um, Peggy and you know the performances, every episode was like we have to find the thing before the people find the thing, or else the thing will happen. That's like, I mean, you're you're not wrong, but at the same time, like that's what a spy show is. Like that's yeah, that's, that's what yeah. every spy movie is. That's what every Mission Impossible is. That's what yeah. every James Bond movie is. I guess I just never it, it had yet to like match because like, and then I love like Ghost Protocol. I couldn't tell you what Ghost Protocol was about. Yeah, I mean, and the joke in Mission Impossible Three is you never know what it, it's literally a MacGuffin, right? Which is so perfect. But yeah, but like every episode. I would be like, oh, I love it when, like, they're, like, where, Dar- I almost call him Darcy, where Jarvis and Peggy are, like, quipping back and forth, and then Peggy beats someone up. It was so much fun. And then whenever they would get to, like, Leviathan stuff, I was always kind of like, all right, like, this is the, okay, like, this is the part that you need for the show to happen. Right. You know, I just, you know what's super weird? that I what? That I can't handle every time, uh, every time I watch Agent Carter now uh and vice versa but like the guy who plays jarvis on agent carter Mm -hmm. uh he plays the accused murderer that got away uh from uh david tennant's character in broadchurch remember season two yeah in season two Um, oh okay that's cool yeah and it's weird because i just completely different no, he's a good actor. I mean, yeah. I I still I still see him as a, a Sixsmith from Cloud Atlas. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, it's Sixsmith. And then you know the great the great Shea Wiggum, just bringing it week after week. Yeah, yeah. Who's just one of those guys that's weirdly been in like four movies nominated for Best Picture, but like you can never point him out of a crowd. Yeah, which is a good sign of an actor. But no, like I'm pro Agent Carter. Um. Um, like when they revealed the, um, the episode with the, uh, with the Howling Commandos to me was when the show like kicked it in the high gear. Oh yeah. That was a really good one. And I was like, oh, this is so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest problem with the show has, and I hope that if it gets a season two, it solves this, but because it's set in the forties and shield doesn't happen until the sixties. Mm-hmm. It's a that's that's a long stretch of time. Yeah. Um, and, and so like I kind of hope that uh if they get a season 2 it like jumps forward maybe like see, to like the I, 50s or something. I think I think a big mistake was not I think it was a mistake retconning the Marvel one shot. I think it would have been cool and I think people would be more into it if it was Agent Carter of Shield. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz like we know she's going to found like 
it's okay that we know that she ends up in that bed in Winter Soldier. Like, that's fine. That's nothing. Right. But I think it would have been cooler if it was about them navigating through the founding days of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Especially because that's what they kept calling back to in season two of, right. of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. It's like, oh, it, Peggy Connor put it, this box in here. Like, oh, it'd be I cool see if, um, if, if that scene that ended that Agent Carter short is what ended the season. So, like, mm-hmm. what they basically did was take that short and just expand it into a season. Yeah, which I think is what they're doing. Yeah, which would – that would be cool. And then you just sort of – you have, like, the beginnings of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't become a public thing until the 60s. But it's, like, there the yeah, whole secret. time. It's like a it's, – it's sort of like ISIS. <clears throat> right. Or, like, the Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense. Right. <laughs> um, but, no, like, I, 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 bet you, I bet you a box of donuts that it's, like – Howard being like, I'm Sergeant Shield, Peg. Yeah. Stands for bullshit. Get over here. And then it just <laughs> Stands for bullshit. And then it just ends. <laughs> uh, and, you know, if it doesn't get a season two, which I guess statistically it probably won't, but um, I don't know. It'd be kind of cool if Marvel started, like, Every break of Agents of Shield, who knows how much longer Agents of Shield will even be on? Right. Um, it'd be cool to if like every winter we got like a special one-off event. That would be cool. Like that would be cool. God, which is you know how much I would kill for them to do like if they could get Fantastic Four back for them to do a uh, a Fantastic Four series that was set in the sixties. Oh, totally. And every week it was like, come on, Ben, we're, we're gonna. We're going to visit the inside of a body. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Amazing. That would yeah, be so no, it, good. Or like, I mean, that's how you do runaways in my opinion. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Which is, you got to do it as a TV series. Yeah, which is always going to be like, I'm always going to regret them. I don't know. Because I remember for a while, I remember when, the, when Homeboy that directed Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist was going to do that. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, runaways fell into the same hole that Ant-Man did. Yeah. Where it was greenlit. Before Marvel knew what Marvel was, and when they figured it out, they were like, uh, "About this movie, listen." We don't really. <laughs> there was this gr- there was this great Tumblr post, um, which I kind of agree with, but I'm also like, but uh, anyway, but um, so do you remember how whenever they talk about like why isn't there a Black Widow movie? Yeah, they always fall into like, well, you know, we we have such a specific plan, right? You know, and like we really know what we have our movies planned to 2019, and right. you know, unfortunately, some characters just don't fit into this larger plan, right? And then like, cut to we have Spider Man back, push everything back, yeah, make room for Spider Man, <laughs> make room for Spider Man, right? And and the per- the article was like the person that wrote the Tumblr post was like really Marvel, and my reply was like it's Spider Man, <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm really sorry. I, I know that's a bad answer, and I know it's part of the problem, but it's Spider-Man. It's Spider-Man, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right, but at the same time, I think people don't understand what the real problem is with the Black Widow thing, because mm-hmm. they're making Captain Marvel. So yeah. they're obviously not anti-women. It's, it's, it's one, it's that when they first started up these contracts with all these actors, they didn't think in a million years they'd make a Black Widow movie because at the time, which was like 2008 or I guess 2010, 2010, uh, 2009, 2010, whenever they signed Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow. Mm -hmm. Uh, At the time, you know, that was a time where they were like, ah, female-led movies, I don't know if that's going to work. 
So yeah. when they signed her, they signed her as either a co-star or part of an ensemble. That was her contract. So in order for them to make a Black Widow movie with Scarlett Johansson, they would have to redo her contract, which means she would start making like, you know, five million, five, six million a movie. Sure. Especially after like Lucy. Right. And that's what they don't want to do. Like, that's why there's not a Black Widow movie. Yeah. It's not because they they don't think that a Black Widow movie would make any money. It's because they don't want to spend the money on it to make it. I mean, that's why they're killing Steve in, like, two movies. Right. Right. They don't want to renegotiate anyone's contracts who isn't a proven box office success like Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Where it's like, uh, you know, Iron Man 3 was made stupid money. Like, just stupid money. It's. I mean, his name is above the credits in Avengers Age of Ultron. Mm. It's like, if, if you see, like, the little, the flash at the end of the trailer where they list everything. Right. It's Robert Downey Jr., Avengers Age of Ultron, and then, like, one of the Chris's. Right. Like, I know I know it's not, like, I know, I know it's not peace, I know it's not um, the way we like to think about this in, like, in like nerd world. And I'm not, I'm not saying nerd derogatorily, because, like, I'm one of them. Yeah, totally. But, but like, in, in Tumblr world, he might not be the most popular one, but to mom and dad and Uncle Tom working at the... You know, work, they just see Robert Downey Jr. Yep. And they're like, oh, I want to go see the new, like, Iron Man and the Avenger movie. Like, yep. that's, that's that's how most regular, not slash film checking Americans see these movies as. Right. I mean, the fact is, we would be more likely to see a Black Widow TV series event than we would a Black Widow solo movie because a TV series would not require a different or would require a different contract, not. Yeah. You you wouldn't have to rewrite the original contract. It'd be an, an addendum, you know. Yeah, maybe um, do like a young Black Widow series. That would be cool. Like her, like nineteen, twenty, twenty one. Yeah, her and uh, maybe that the story of her and how how her and Hawkeye met. Dude, that'd be so sexy. As like a as like a little mini series, like Secret Avengers or something. Yeah, get like Jane Levy or someone, you know. Oh yeah, sure. Oh, that'd be cool. Hire us. <laughs> That'd be super cool. See, that would be way more likely, um, unfortunately. And I know it's like it's a thing where it's like, well, that's an excuse, and it's like, well, but it's a business, and that's what they are first. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, like I I remember not to get too political, but like I was um I was having a conversation with um two two of my best buddies, and we you know we're we're actors and writers, and you know so so we talk about you know what what the world is going to be like when we start trying to break into it, you know, Mm -hmm. because right now we're in school, but we're about to try and actually make a dent in this business. Right. And we're like, okay, what does that mean? And uh, my friend Ian, who's like one of the smartest, kindest, I can't, like, he's just one of the best dudes I've ever met. And um, he and I differ completely politically. Like he's, he's much more conservative than I am. Okay. But he's also like a big hearted, like he's a good person. Uh, (laughs) I have to to preface this so much these days. (laughs) Well, there's a lot of assumptions about conservatives. I know, I know. And it's, and it's bad, but because we can't get along, but it's part of the problem. But anyway, um, so anyway, but he was like, one thing I just don't get is that like, you know, like I, I hate when people like, when the person like has to be, you know, when we feel like we have to cast them like. Black or like, well, because I like, guess like, you know, for money, you know what I mean? Like, I hate that that's what it all comes down to. And I was like, no, but 
to this generation of like studio executives or whatever, that is what matters because they don't see it as like part of the norm, you know? Right. But the point is they're going to die someday and then our generation are going to be 45, 50 years old, you know? Mm -hmm. And then we're going to see the world the way we see it, you know? Right. Which is like, of course a woman would do this or of course this guy would be Indian or of course this person would be gay, you know? Right. Because like we... You know, it's, I don't know, like, to me, a world that isn't, a wor- to me, on a, a world that is, a room that is all white people is weirder to me than the opposite. You know what I mean? Sure. So, but then again, like, I'm not, I'm, I am I didn't grow up in, like, this, the 60s or the 70s, you know? Right. Which is, I don't know, I, th- I think some people don't take that into account. Uh, well, I mean, they don't, but I mean, it's a thing where they they want what they want and they want it now. They want it now. They want it. They want it to happen right now. But like, I definitely and I totally think, understand that because which would is be, that, that would be yeah. phenomenal if it happened right now. And it, and it is happening right now. It just hasn't happened right now. Right. It's change is happening. Yeah, it's in the process. But change doesn't happen overnight. Right. It's it's little things. Little things. It's things like Mockingjay being the highest grossing movie of the year. Mm-hmm. Like Lucy making half a billion dollars. And uh, and 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 it's stuff like that. But then it's also stuff like. Uh, Avi Arad not being part of Spider Man. <laughs> yes, yeah. You know, like get the seventy-year-old guy out of there, and suddenly things will start, uh, you know, reflecting the real world. Yeah. Uh, did you see that amazing? Did you see that amazing cartoon of uh, Peter Parker and Miles Morales on the rooftop? Oh yeah, the uh, the um. Should, should I stay or should I go? Right. Yeah. Uh, I have. I I'm still. I'm waiting on a commission from that guy. Actually. Oh. Hurry up! I, I ordered it like uh, probably, probably, probably like eighteen months ago. <laughs> um, and I I send emails and he's just like, "Yep, it's coming." And I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> well, he's a Dean, busy guy. Uh, he's, Dean Trip, that's his name. He's making he's busy making politically relevant uh, cartoons. Yeah, uh, he's the one that did that um that uh that Batman comic that was um about the about him it was like a biography about how batman helped him get over being sexually abused as a child oh my god that's amazing yeah it's really really good it's called um something terrible it's really good it's like a like a 80 page kind of like short comic thing Um, like a novella yeah yeah it's on it's on like you can get it like digitally and stuff it's like five bucks something like that um it's really yeah like but i saw that cartoon and it was just so funny and sad and you know what i mean like just it's great yeah but it's true like if i if i stay there will be trouble i mean if i go there will be trouble you know what i mean yeah if i if i stay there what it's it's if i should i stay or should i go if i stay it uh if i stay there will be trouble if i go it will be double double yeah Yeah. and it's like yep (laughs) because it's like if you cast miles morales it's like, what are you doing? But if you if if there's one more goddamn white Spider Man, like, yep. you know what I mean? Like, it's yep. so unfortunate. And it's really bad because, I mean, my argument is like, it, my argument is like, regardless of 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 race, right? Sure. Regardless of race, my argument for Peter Parker, I, I is like twofold. One, I think Miles Morales is a legacy character. And okay. I think unless you can get uh, unless you can get Andrew Garfield into the role for one last time, have him die at the end, and then bring in Miles Morales, 
you should do Peter Parker because Miles Morales needs Peter uh, Parker needs Peter Parker to He only works in that context. That's why Miles Morales is so beautiful. It's exactly. He... Exactly. Exactly. Um so that's one. And number two, I just want I just want my Spider Man. Like I've never <laughs> I've never got yeah. my Spider Man. Yes, we have had five Spider Man movies. None of them were correct. None of them. No. And I just I want my Peter. Like I want my Peter and I want my Spider Man. And that has nothing to do with race. Like it could be an Asian Peter Parker for all I care. Oh, I don't... good. Okay. I was just about to say that. I'm meaning to have this conversation with you, but I wanted to wait for the podcast because I think it would have been too long on like text. Yeah. What if you just cast a black Peter Parker? No. Yeah, totally. Go for it. I and mean, like... I mean, as long as I mean, my, my argument against against a black Peter Parker would be that Miles Morales is black. So why yeah, do but two that way, in a row? But, like, let's but... give let's give another race a chance. Like, let's do a Hispanic Peter Parker oh, or, totally. or an Asian yeah, but, Peter Parker. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, like if because like I because what well, well, what what started this whole fantasy of mine of just doing peter parker but having him be a different race is i started thinking about how much i would love to see um the actor uh shy mcbride how i thought shy mcbride would make a great uncle ben oh yeah and that was that was honestly like oh shy mcbride should be uncle ben and i was like oh but miles morales doesn't have an uncle ben i mean you know he kind of does but like uncle ben well he just has his dad (laughs) he has his dad like oh just make just cast a different race as peter parker yeah because, like, and the unfortunate thing, and I don't mean to, because like, I know everyone means well, but I don't want Miles Morales just, and I think a lot of people just want Miles Morales just because he's black. Right. And I know that because Donald Glover should not play Miles Morales because Donald Glover's 31 years old. Right. He should not play Spider-Man anymore. He shouldn't play Spider-Man. It'd be the same problem. Right. Right. Also, all these uh, Think Peace articles that are going out about like, oh, really? We're going to do a high school Spider-Man again? Like, what's wrong with an adult Spider-Man? Everything. Literally everything, everything is wrong with see, an adult Spider-Man. See Spider-Man's three through five. Yeah, I know. Even in Amazing Spider-Man, he was in high school for like – as like when, when part two opened with them graduating, I was like, what are you doing? Oh. Yeah. I mean that's and, – and that's the problem is like – they cast too old, and that's what happens. I think Andrew Garfield and Matt Smith as the Doctor have very similar problems, where they were perfect for the part, but totally against what they were trying to do. Yeah, like they were like, "We want a young Peter Parker. We want it to be like a melodrama. We want it to be a ro- like we want it to be like Twilight." And Andrew Garfield's like, "Hello, he's yeah. perfect." Yeah, I, they um, should have. They should have. I'm 29 years old. <laughs> Andrew Garfield would have been perfect for. Like a college age Ramita era yeah. Spider Man, totally with like the whole like like the 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 Harry and Flash like like team Liz Allen like sort of mm-hmm. team like all hanging out at the at the coffee shop, uh, living with living with uh, you know roommates with Harry and mm-hmm. stuck in this weird like love triangle between Gwen and Mary Mary Jane like yeah. that should have been what those movies were because he was too old to be high school yeah cut to him like moving into his dorm that's the end that's the beginning of amazing spider-man one yeah should have been without the origin get the origin out of there what are you guys doing just incredible hulk it you know yeah totally and i mean that's what they're gonna do now so yeah totally um yeah everyone who's like oh another origin i'm like guys marvel's technically another origin come on you really think 
they're going to. If they didn't do it for Hulk, they're not going to do it for fucking Spider-Man. You really think that's the mistake they're going to make? Yeah. I'm not saying it's going to be perfect because it won't be. But, like, you think that's the mistake they're going to make. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for Spider-Man. I, I am excited and and I will I will understand everyone's disappointment when Peter Parker is inevitably white because he will be. Let's be realistic. <laughs> um he's just going to be another white dude. And Okay, look, but here okay, here's the thing. Here here's my bingo card. Okay? Okay. Young. Yep. A minority. Yep. <laughs> Out of context, this is amazing. Uh, young, like a minority, or like something else. So if he's two of those three, you know what I mean. So if he's white, but like no older than nineteen, yeah, then like okay, cool, that's good. You know what I mean? Yeah. If he's white and like twenty nine, then it's like, are you kidding me? Yeah, they won't do that. Like I even think Dylan O'Brien's a little too old at this point, which is so unfortunate because yeah. I think he would be a good choice. I think they should get the the um the kid who uh played the lead in Kingsman. He yeah, Eggsy? Yeah, Eggsy. You know who I, I was thinking, um and I I've heard other people say this, so it's not original, but um Homeboy from uh The Kings of Summer. Yeah, I've heard that. I I don't I don't I I mean he, I watched that movie like a year ago, so I barely remember him. Uh, okay, I just I, I remember how he made me feel. Yeah, I always just I just think of uh, the the little Italian kid. Oh, Biagio. Yeah, Biagio. That's that's all <laughs> I remember from that movie. He's the best part. Biagio's he be amazing. Um. Oh my gosh. But yeah, and like, it's yeah, but it's gotten to the point where. Like to cast another white person as another superhero almost seems like like can you like the internet's gonna like like shit itself when they cast another white James Bond you know yeah like like remember how like cynical everyone was when they cast Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange oh yeah no that was a thing where I actually heard people accusing Marvel of whitewashing and I'm like guys uh, Doctor Strange has always been white what are you talking about like. Everyone thought that Doctor Strange, like on Tumblr, like oh whitewashing because Doctor Strange is supposed to be like Middle Eastern, and it's like no, no, no that that was that was never a thing, like never that was never a thing. He was yeah. he was always white, learning about that mystical stuff because he's like uh he's like a he's an asshole like doctor like you don't want a minority in that role like I don't know like you don't like you want the like. The asshole white dude who's just like, ever, like all of the minorities who he's training with are all like rolling their eyes at the stupid white dude, you yeah. know? Like, I don't like know. Level, like level one, like Tony Stark. Right, right. Like that's he's, always been Doctor Strange. I did not understand that backlash. That was really confusing to me. Now, like, granted, like, yeah, casting someone who wasn't white and Benedict Cumberbatch would have been exciting, but it wasn't whitewashing. Right. No, it wasn't whitewashing. Exactly. It's the same thing with like the Ghost in the Shell. Uh, thing, uh, sure, where yeah. they're doing the Ghost in the Shell movie with and Scarlett every Joe. with Scarlett Johansson, everyone's like, "Oh my God, you're whitewashing that character." No, you Ghost in the Shell is already a movie. Like they're doing, they're they're doing an American adaptation of that movie. You don't yeah. have to cast an Asian person for that role. Like you don't. Like and unless like- unless she has the same name. As the one from, from <laughs> like, if she has the same name, then that's a problem. But if sure. like 
you know that lead character that has like a like an like a Japanese name. They do the 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 American movie, and her name is like Jill Jill Jill. You know whatever white white lady. Yeah, Jill White Lady. Then you know then it's fine. Like that's not whitewashing. That's an adaptation. That's different. Yeah, I don't know. It's I feel like people throw around terms like whitewashing and fridging when they don't actually understand the term. I think yeah, where it's like you know whitewashing is the Prince of Persia. Right. That that yeah. is whitewashing. Uh the uh that movie last year, the Ridley Scott movie, that's whitewashing. That's whitewashing because it's changing history right to going out of your way to cast a white person. Right. Uh like uh, jumping last over Airbender. Hoop. Last Airbender is whitewashing. <laughs> yeah. That's that's whitewashing and that's like the worst defender of whitewashing because it's only the heroes that are white. Like, <laughs> yeah, everyone else choice. is a minority except for the three lead heroes. That is uh, problematic. <laughs> even, like, the villagers of the white characters yeah, they're, are minority. Their parents are Native American and they're white. It's, it's just the most bullheaded thing I've <laughs> ever seen. It is the worst. <laughs> and just seeing him try to, like, vindicate it is just so, like, what are you talking about? Anyway, that movie came out five years ago. (laughs) Yeah, so Um, that's whitewashing. And then, like, fridging has become this thing where it's like, any time a female character dies, it's fridging. And it's like, no, no, that's not true. Like, they can't be invincible. Like, they have to be able to die. The problem, fridging is specifically when they die to make a male hero, like, better, better or have a reason to, like, get off his ass and go do something. Yeah, like, like, if I hear about one more fucking script where, like, all right, so his wife that doesn't have a name is murdered. Right, exactly. That's fridging. Yeah. That's fridging. Where, where it's, like, you're, you're only killing the female character to give the male character an incentive to go do something. Mm-hmm. That's fridging. Like, when very specifically, that's fridging. Any and any time a woman dies is not fridging. It's not the same thing. No, it does get problematic when you know. I mean, I, I remember thinking in Agents of Shield when like, oh wow, there's two black guys that are like different. This is cool. Oh, one of them's dead. Oh, they're both dead. Okay, well, right. It, damn. Like, and I that's... mean, and I think that that still counts as fridging because it's like they just kill them for stakes and no other reason. Yeah. Like that, so that's still problematic. Although the 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 first black guy, the one that gets possessed, he's okay. Oh, okay, he's okay. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Oh I've seen God. him in in trailers for the new season. So such he's okay. a such a waste of that second character. I know though. he was so good. I love like, him. He died, and I don't li- know his name. And it's only because he was only in this season and like didn't get to do a lot. He's he's Derek Luke's like grandson. Yeah, that was a bummer. Uh, but no, but he died for nothing. Just stakes. That's it. He, yeah, he was like, I'm gonna touch the. Th- I'm dead. Yeah. Yeah, it was base. It was literally just to be like, "Oh, these two people are inhumans, and he's not." And this is what happens when you're not inhuman. And I and I and I was and I and I saw that, and I'm just like, "That's not what happens when you're not inhuman. What happens is nothing. <laughs> literally nothing. You're just you not just, affected by the you stuff. Just, you just don't become. You stay a human. Yeah, right. Like you don't die. You just nothing happens. Ah, uh, jeez. Yeah. So that, like, that showed, really, that... for no reason, he was he he died for no reason. He he died to. To show that they weren't following the comics. Right. And to, to give uh, Sky some tragedy, I guess. Which, like, she barely talked to him. I'm s- right. Tri- triplet? Triplet. That was his name. Oh, no, yeah, triplet. that's right. No, uh, yeah, that's right. Something like okay. that. Yeah. Tri- triplet? Something like yeah. that, yeah. Um, Sky, Sky didn't. Sky wasn't. <laughs> I don't. Never mind. Yeah. They weren't, like, buddies. 
they weren't buddies. I mean, they were they had like they were they they, they were in the same room together a lot. Right. But like kill kill Gemma. That would that would be cool. Like I don't know. You want me to feel stakes? Like kill off one of your main guys. Yeah. I was so worried we we broke up. <laughs> <laughs> oh no 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 sorry. Uh, no, I just got a I just got a text from my girlfriend Bethany who uh she's like I'm watching the raid. Oh my god, it's dubbed. And oh, and no. I was like I was like, "Oh no." So I was like trying to tell her uh, sending her a text to like switch it cuz that language is beautiful. Yeah. It's so percussive and like, oh my god. We'll we'll do impressions of that movie phonetically, me and my friends. Yeah. Cause just like the way the just the way that like the language the language often feels like little volleys and punches like in the movie. Yeah. Oh man. Is she, so she's watching the first one. Yeah. Okay. The raid's great. It's it's fine, but the raid oh, two I, is like a goddamn masterpiece. Oh yeah, but I I love both of them. Um, did you know Gareth Evans was supposed to direct uh, a Hit Girl movie? Yeah, I saw that, and I was like, oh my god, that would have been incredible with Chloe Moretz. Yeah. He's doing he's doing like an American movie that sounded kind of cool. Oh, is he? Yeah, because because they were like, "When's the Raid 3? And he was like, "Not as quickly as this one came out." Yeah, I knew that, but I didn't know why. So I'm Hold excited on. to see that he's doing a new movie because he could do any. He was supposed to direct the Equalizer. Was he really? Yeah, he was like the first choice, and then he was like, ah, "I'm gonna make the Raid 2. I'm glad that he did that. Yeah, because although the Equalizer is underrated, is it? I it just looked it. like every other Denzel Washington movie. It it's like it, it's like here's the way I look at the Equalizer. Okay, we have John Wick, so why? That's true. It was it very quickly. The Equalizer was very quickly erased, right? In terms of like it mattering, because right. well, I mean, I mean, look, John Wick changed a lot of things. <laughs> it did. <laughs> John Wick changed everything. John Wick just dropped its like mic on the you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it was like top that john wick came out the same year as the raid redemption that's how good john wick was you mean the raid 2 the raid 2 yeah sometimes called the raid redemption oh wait no no no, no the raid no, Baron no, the first Baron one's Baron raid redemption the second one's uh, raid uh the what was it barandal barandal yeah that's right um which is tie for thug uh, or into yeah so good ah uh, yeah it's really it's good like, it's, oh man like they like it, it's like they took a short film and expanded it into the godfather like yeah i just no it's not every day that like i remember the raid the raid 2 is the only time i've left a movie physically exhausted yeah well whiplash was that for Whip, me what? too whiplash was that too yeah i think oh, even man. more so like i just needed a fucking nap <laughs> after whiplash. i really and it's more impressive with Whiplash, because Whiplash is like 88 minutes. No, yeah, and it, it gosh. <laughs> you know, freaking um, Kingsman is like over two hours long. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's, Didn't it's, it feel like 80 minutes? What's that? Didn't it feel like like an hour and a half? Yeah, it felt really short. It was really good. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, it that was, was so good. Um, I, I think Matthew Vaughn is like one of my favorite directors now. Like officially with that movie? No, no one does popcorn movies better than him right now. I don't think so. Yeah, I I, like, I think you're totally right. Like between, if you look at Casino Royale, and then he goes from that to Stardust, 
What? He didn't do Casino Royale. Oh, not Casino Royale. Um, L- L- Layer Cake. Oh, Layer Cake. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking of Daniel Craig. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So, we did Layer Cake, which is pretty good. I was like, Casino Royale. He went from Casino Royale to Green Lantern. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, that's a whole other – that's the opposite story. Yeah. Martin uh, Campbell. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but, yeah. No, to go from, like, Layer Cake to Stardust, then Kick-Ass, then First Class. Oh, man. Yeah. He was I mean, supposed to do th- it's pretty crazy when uh, First Class is arguably his weakest movie. Yeah. And I think that's because it's PG-13. I, th- I think he's just He's not, supposed to. He's not yeah, made he's for that. To. You don't. The the sequence in Kingsman where they play the. Uh, where they play God Save the Queen. Yeah. Like that, that man is never supposed to do a PG-13 movie. It's true. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm just thinking about Kingsman again. Um, <laughs> that was very exciting. Where the same feeling you get when you watch Kick Ass and you see Chloe Moretz. Mm-hmm. That was like the feeling I got watching like Exe. Oh yeah. Um, or Colin Firth for that matter. Oh totally. Yeah. I've never I've never seen him in an action context before. That was incredible. Oh, that scene in the church is just going to be a legend. Oh yeah. And what's amazing about that movie is. Uh, once again, Matthew Vaughn and Jane Goldman, uh, like proving that they 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 can find the gem inside of Mark Miller's garbage. That's okay. That's why they deserve like a lifetime achievement award because they've made two. I'm sorry, they made two shitty Mark Millar comics into classic movies. Yeah, yeah. All of that, all of that mythology in Kingsman, like the Kingsman, that is not in the comic at all. No. Like, the comic is literally just, like, oh, you're my uncle, and you are a, a spy. And, like, that's that's it. Like, all of that, like, uh, Knights of the Round Table thing, like, none of yeah. that is in that in that comic. None no, he's too, he's too busy doing, like, bloody rape jokes. Or right, whatever. exactly. Mark, Mark. Um, I was so worried about, um, God, no, but, yeah, like, every time I read a Mark Millar comic, I'm just always like, oh, you're so, he's like the Eminem of comics. Yeah, although I will say he has gotten a lot better. That's true. I haven't. He, he um, grew. He grew up. Like yeah, I think like Hollywood I, fixed him. I really like Superior. Uh, I actually didn't read that one, but based on your recommendation, I think I will. Um, it, was, it was. I didn't finish it, but it was pretty good. And then I haven't. I, I haven't read Starlog or whatever. Star Starlight is Starlight unbelievably good. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I'm glad that he's getting better. And he says that that's the next comic that's being turned into a movie. Oh, great. Yeah, from Universal. So that's exciting. Be, I mean, hey, get Matthew Vaughn. I mean, maybe. Maybe. I don't. I, I actually think that comic's good enough that you don't necessarily need Matthew Vaughn. And I sure. really want Matthew Vaughn to make his sequel to Kingsman. Oh, see, I, you know, uh, Kingsman almost kind of made me sad. It made me sad for two reasons. Like, but happy sad. We're like, ah, oh, kind of like, I don't know. Um, I'm sad because this kind of means that we can't. Have a roundtable movie. Um, what do you mean? Uh, I mean, like uh, Brian K. Vaughn. Oh, why like not? I don't know. Like, I, I just got a lot of like, oh man, this is a lot. Like, kind of what I guess Michael Caine is in it. That'd be the biggest problem. <laughs> yeah, and like the whole like we're the modern day knights. And burr, burr, burr. Right. Um, and then I, also, I think the tone of roundtable would mostly cover that up i think the yeah. biggest problem is that michael kane is in kingsman and he's a character in round table he playing himself right <laughs> yeah but then again i guess his character in in round table is different enough from his character in kingsman yeah 
Did you read Roundtable? Oh yeah, I love so it. So good, right? It's a it's amazing. It made me cry. Yeah. It, and to that. think to think that that was that was the movie that Edgar Wright was going to make after Hot Fuzz, but then Scott Pilgrim got greenlit. Yeah. Like no, it's, Edgar Wright directing a Brian K. Vaughn script, like I want to die. Like yeah, no, I just want to die. That's so good. It's one of those um it's like did you did you finish um Silver Screen Fiend? Yes. Like like that that is the movie that I want to see in heaven. Yeah, is like Roundtable directed by Edgar Wright with that exact cast. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Right out um, of that era too. Exactly, it's coming out in like like the like the the summer of two thousand and ten. Yeah, absolutely. Oh God, that script <laughs> is so good. Ricky Gervais. Have you read the Vault Ella. yet? No, I haven't read the Vault. Okay, that one's really okay. good too. That was really good too, and uh, watching it or reading it, I can't get uh, the lead out of my head as Robert Downey Jr. Oh, cool! So um, read it with Robert Downey Jr. and you'll just be like, "Oh God, this yeah. movie." <laughs> the other thing that kind of bummed me out is that it, it would almost be too obvious for Matthew Vaughn to direct Bond Twenty Four, but I would love to see him do like a classic Bond movie. I don't think he. I, I feel like he. You know. He Already, did. He, yeah, he did it. He has. He said everything he had to say. Yeah, and know, anything else he, he would have to say, he would just do in a Kingsman sequel. I know, but he's kind of like, oh, I would love to see him actually bring this energy back to Bond. Well, I think that if nothing else, I think that this movie could like backwards help the James oh, Bond sure. franchise. You know, it's kind of kind of do what Bourne did for Skyfall, right? Where they where like they see this movie and they're like, oh. We can still do the campy stuff. It still mm-hmm. works. You just you have can, to have a sense of humor about it. And you sort of – they sort of went – were. Start, I get bummed. Someone on Twitter was like, oh, another Bond movie. He's still white and not funny. Like you didn't see Skyfall. Right. Like you saw the trailers for Skyfall and decided that it was still gritty and dark. Right. Yeah, Skyfall was a totally different movie. Yeah, and like I'm excited for them to go even further in that direction in Spectre, hopefully. Yeah, me too. Um, I think uh, Daniel Craig has like Spectre and one more, right? Yeah, in his contract, so that's that's cool. And like you know, that's I, I'm uh, it'll be it. Look, it'll be another white dude. It'll. <laughs> I don't I don't well, foresee a black James Bond happening like for like ten to fifteen years. I just don't see it happening. Or, you know, even if they're... I could see there being a Black James Bond next, but it definitely won't be Idris Elba. Oh, no. He's too old. They, they would have had to have started, like, in 2008. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like how, like, you know, you kind of know Clive Owen would be a perfect James Bond, but it just didn't happen. Right. It's too late. Or, like... Or uh, Michael Fassbender. Yeah, but it's like, it's too late. It's yeah. cool. They're going to have good careers. Idris Elba's fine. Yeah. He is fine. <laughs> He's gonna be. He's he's gonna make. He's gonna make a new James Bond character. And Idris Elba. I mean, he's just. He's the new Nathan Fillion, where it's just like you know, five years ago it was Nathan Fillion for goddamn everything, and now it's Idris Elba for goddamn everything. Well, now it's Chris Pratt for goddamn everything. Yeah, now it's because. Well, no, it's not. It Chris Pratt just happens to be getting cast in goddamn everything. <laughs> he's not like the fan pick for goddamn everything. Sure. Although, I mean, Idris Elba, Nathan Fillion. I don't think it's even a contest. Um, I don't know. I've, I don't know. Nathan Fillion kind of, I don't know. It's, it's sort of, I don't know. I, Nathan I Fillion really... ran, he, 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 uh, he ran on that, uh, Firefly train a long time. 
Yeah, I know. And, and, and that's kind of the thing where it's like, Idris Elba, you can tell he doesn't really care about any of that. Right. Where he's like, well, I'm going to be a genuine. Or like Benedict Cumberbatch. He's like, well, I'm going to go play Hamlet. Right. You know, like he's, you can tell he's still trying to like do stuff. And Nathan Fillion, Nathan Fillion to me is kind of like the Bruce Campbell of our generation. That's, ex- that's actually really accurate. Because he'll show up in like this dumb movie, but then he'll be like, oh, shiny. Yeah, they'll right. Just sta- they'll just stare at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, man. He is this generation's Bruce Campbell. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, freaking Ash and the Army versus the Army of Darkness or whatever it is. That I haven't TV been keeping show, up with that. I, I can't believe that's happening. That's I can't. Yeah. That's insane. Talk about catering to a very specific audience. Well, I mean, it's stars. So you kind of have to. They can do that. Um, is, is he is he is Raimi directing like the pilot? Yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah, that, so that it's, I mean, it's like getting a new Evil Dead movie. That's good. That's it's insane. It's insane. Did you listen to the uh, the Sam Raimi Nerdist episode? Oh, I loved it. It was one of my favorites yeah. of all time. It was great. It was so good. I I had I really have like a new. I was I I forgot how much he meant to me when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Like before Edgar Wright, before like. Matthew Vaughn or yep. like Gary, he was, he was the first director that I was obsessed with. Yeah, me too. hundred percent. Me too. He yeah. was my, if you asked me 10 years ago who my favorite director was, it was him. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because, you know, at the time I didn't know any better. Uh, sure. I mean, no, no, no. I, um, it was like Spider-Man this, three is what killed that for me. Um, this guy, I, I, I want to credit it by name, but this guy that writes for the dissolve, uh, which is a great website. You guys should go on it is, um, he wrote this article about, um, you know, you, you look at the Oscars this year and you have Wes Anderson and Richard Linklater, mm-hmm. you know, who were two of like the the hot indie hipster directors of the 90s. Mm-hmm. And now they've come of age and now both of their movies are nominated for like multiple Oscars and they've become the establishment in a very graceful, organic way. Right. And then you have two other directors who had movies out in the 90s, Kevin Smith and Robert Rodriguez. And they have willfully done the opposite of of Anderson and Linklater where they refuse to grow up. Right. And they're still making the same movies that they were making for the same audience. They're making and, even worse movies. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. And like, cause like it's, it, they're kind of like Green Day mm-hmm. where like Green Day singing about like eating pop rocks and like having sex in a car isn't cute when they're like 45. Yeah. Well, they, and, they tried to grow up for like, they did. Two hours. Yeah, I, 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 I guess like I guess like um more like I don't know. I don't know. Blink, blink. No, because even they grew. Well, did they ungrow up? I never really got into that last album they did. Uh, I tried. It was just, it was it was like an Angels album. Yeah, with like less bass stuff. Yeah, that's what. It, yeah. But anyway, but yeah. So like you know, you look at um especially Robert Rodriguez because I think Kevin Smith is trying to do new stuff. I don't, but like, no, I don't think he is. I think he's just he's just like ah, this will be fun to do, and then he he's just eating, does it. Yeah. He's eating himself, which I feel like is what Robert Rodriguez does too. So no, totally, yeah, and like because like if you look at Sin City two and Tusk, like they're not really they're just going further in, yeah. Where it's like now it's Machete or now it's like Yoga Hosers and now it's just my podcasts and all directed in like my basement and <laughs> and like <laughs> Robert Rodriguez meant so much to me when I was like fourteen, fifteen. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a specific memory of, like, my mom. We used to get Hispanic Magazine in the mail for free. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember it had Andy Garcia on the cover for something. And uh, my mom was like, you need to read this article about this guy named Robert Rodriguez. Because he is uh, a Latino 
that's making movies and he's from Texas. And I had kind of that sort of moment where like, whoa, wait, you can be those things. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be like Jewish yeah. from like New York. And so like I read about him and he's like, I make movies in Austin and I cast all my friends and I make tacos for the crew. And I was like, that's so cool. And then like, I was obsessed with him and I read his book. Uh, Rebel Without a Film Crew, which I I is still one of my favorite books. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean and, uh, uh, the Bruce Campbell book, uh, If Chins Could Kill, that's yeah. that's still one of my favorite books, and probably totally. for the same reason because you needed that when you were a teenager. Yeah, and because like, and he's and he's sort of Kevin Smith and early Sam Raimi and Robert Rodriguez are talking directly to you when you're 14. Yeah, and a guy and like a nerd. Yeah, and absolutely, un- and unfortunately, like. It it is kind of like you know how you kind of have to. St- I don't want to, I don't mean to hate on anybody, but you kind of have to stop listening to real big fish at some point, right? Or like you know you listen to or you find out that Newfound Glory are still putting albums out, and you're like ah man, that's just not who I am anymore. But like yeah, that's so I follow cool. someone. I actually uh, follow someone on Twitter who was um, like a local friend, and then he moved to Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and I still I still follow him, but he's like really into like the pop punk scene and of course and yeah all of that and post-punk and all of that stuff um where like he goes on tour with like certain bands and he's like their merch guy and stuff sure and uh and he just talks about these bands and he's just like oh this album's so good this album's so good and now i'm that guy who i listen to these things and i'm just like these all sound the same like these yeah. all sound the same like i I, I, I listen to pop punk now and I'm like, I have no connection to this whatsoever. Yeah, because you, you're not like, it's not June 2006 anymore. You know what I mean? Right. You're not like I'm not, your, I don't feel angsty anymore. Like, I you're just not like don't. stranded stranded at the mall with your friends, you right. know? Right. And it, it's always going to mean so much to you. And you hope as a storyteller that you're still going to be able to tap into that part of you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean. I mean, that's why I think, um, I actually think. Edgar Wright is going to uh, he's going to be one of he's going to be like a Wes Anderson because when you look at Shaun of the Dead compared to The World's End and you hear people talk about his movies like like these like diehard Edgar Wright fans or whatever Mm -hmm. um, they're always like well uh, they'll they'll either say Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz was his best and it's like no guys The World's End was his best The World's End is his his best film it's just not your favorite right exactly and and but it's his best film like hands down no question like there's no debate that is his best film yeah oh my god Scott I'm 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 through with part hold on I have it right next to me I'm on page 82 of Grasshopper Jungle oh um that's going to be his next level awesome I think the best thing he ever did was leave Ant-Man. I, I, uh, I think so too. Cause I think that, I mean, it could have, I, I would have been interested in that movie. I mean, like, here's the thing. Oh, I was heartbroken. I mean, we you all, could, you could say that that's the best thing that he could ever do, but we don't really know that. Not we'll never really, know. because for all we know, his Ant-Man was flawless. <laughs> yeah. In fact, it probably was. Yeah. So, so uh, it's hard to actually say that. Um, I'm but, no longer sad. Yeah, I'm no longer sad, and but I'm I'm sad for Ant Man because I'm sad for I mean I did, I just have a gut bad feeling about Ant Man. I do, I do too. And I know you're I, not I feel like to... it's I feel like it's not going to be bad. I just feel like it's not going to be very good. No, I think it's going to be the Cars of of Marvel because Cars isn't a bad movie. It's not. 
Cars it's 2 just, is a bad movie. Cars movie Cars, Cars 2 is a bad movie. Cars <laughs> 1 is fine. Yeah. It's just not great. Right. Anyway, but yeah, but like Grasshopper Jungle is so good. And All right. here's the thing, I'm uh, 80 that'll pages That'll be the next book I, I read then. I'll, I'll I'm going to get in on it like yeah. like next week. Here's what's crazy. And not to get mind robbersy, but like I'm I'm 80 pages into <laughs> sorry. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm 80 pages into Grasshopper Jungle. Not a single sci-fi thing has happened yet. That's awesome. Um, actually, no, no, that's not true. It just happened. Okay. I mean, it that ends... sounds like an Edgar Wright movie, right? No, totally. And where the... you're just like you're watching the world, and you're like, so when does this... the movie start? This is, this is great. Yeah. You're like, this is great, but like, yeah. we're 40 minutes in and nothing's happened. And like, the protagonist is it's 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 in the first person, and it's such a specific like, oh my god, I know this kid. Mm. Where like. He's kind of not. He's kind of. He's really smart, but he does. He can't communicate very well, and it's very repetitious. And he uses people's full names sometimes, or like, um, he'll be like, "I was over at the store. Like, I, I work at the store." And then we were going over, and then eighty pages later, he'll be like, "Yeah, and we're at the store. I work at the store." Hmm. You know what I mean? He was like, or he'll just randomly say like, "And then I went to the store with Bobby. Bobby's my best friend." And you're just like, oh, this kid is so weird, but I I, I love him. And <laughs> That's like, interesting. And like, there's a, but yeah, it's it's really. I'm excited for you to read it because it's it's very specific to a part of the country that I'm not from. Oh, uh, I can't remember what I can't remember what's because they're in a specific state of the country. I can't remember what state, but yeah, I'm really excited. But he's doing Baby Driver first, right? I think so. Yeah, With, which we um, know nothing about, which I love. With which I've been reading about since I was in high school. Yeah. No one knows anything about it except for the title. We don't even know and the genre. We don't know anything. And it's, it's going to be heavily – did you read that, that um, synopsis where it said it's going to be heavily musical? Really? Yeah, where like he – the baby driver um, listens to rock and roll music while making his getaways and the music affects how he drives. Oh, that's fascinating. So it's going to be like a musical car chase movie. I've never uh, – that's amazing. I, yeah. I don't – I'm not going to be able to handle this movie. <laughs> I know. And it's going to be Ansel Elgort maybe, probably, if he's smart. Yeah. Which is – who would have thought back in – I remember reading that like, oh, Ansel Elgort might be the baby driver. And I'm like, God, this kid. Like I remember reading about that when I was in high school and I, I never even – he wasn't even a thing. Who is that again? Uh, 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 Augustus. Oh. Wait, was I thought is that not a recent thing? I thought that was fairly recent. That's been a while that he's been the baby driver? Oh no, I mean by a while ago I mean like maybe like December or January. Oh, oh, okay. But like it's weird. I've been reading about this movie for years and in the time that it's taken to make it Ansel Elgort has like come and become a thing. Oh, so hold on. Is wait, so but okay. When 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 is Ansel Elgore attached to Baby Driver? I thought that um, just happened in December. I, I I think it did. Okay, then how? Then what do you mean? Since you heard about Baby Driver, he's like become and become a thing. Like what do you? No, mean? like when I first heard about it in like 2010, like and he was Ansel attached Elgore. to it then. No, he wasn't. I'm saying that's crazy that he. I didn't even know who that was. Oh, I see what you're saying. You're saying that like when the when the movie was first created, the lead wasn't even a person yet. Like Yeah, he if any oh if anything, he's he's younger than me, so he was like fourteen, fifteen years old. Right. Okay, I get you. Okay, Sorry. suddenly I understand what the title Baby Driver means. Okay. 
He's a baby driver. Yeah, he's he's a he's a he's a little baby. Yeah, that's probably like what they'll call him. Right. The baby oh, he's driver. a baby driver. Yeah. yeah we fucking little baby driver. <laughs> I don't. I I think he's already said that it's American. You fucking baby. No, I don't know. That's 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 in my. But then Ansel Elgort is not is not British. He's the only American. Right. So it's. So it's Baby Driver and then Grasshopper Jungle, and I know that he's talking to Simon Pegg about doing their next thing. Also. Yeah, about whatever they're. Oh yeah, he he talked to he was signed he was um, talking about being in it in January. Oh, so, so like last even, month? Yeah, so like even sooner, oh. even earlier than we thought. Okay. Yeah, so 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 he's got his like next three movies probably yeah. lined up. Yeah, let, let, let me let me read to you. Um, a talented young getaway driver who relies on the beat of his personal soundtrack to be the best in the game. But after being coerced into working for a crime boss, he must face the music when a doomed heist threatens his life, love, and freedom. Huh. That sounds cool. So it might not even be, like, needle drops. It might be, like, the the, the score affecting him driving. That sounds really cool. Which is, oh my gosh. Can you imagine, like, if he gets, like... Like the musical crew from like Scott Pilgrim to like come back, but like create something. You know, oh my gosh! Now uh, I'm just daydreaming. But yeah, I can't. I can't handle that. I love it when movies use music. Like we talked about this last episode, but I, I love it when music is used like originally. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, that's really exciting. I I can't wait to see his like next few movies. It just sucks that they take so long. I mean, they're worth yeah. it, but man. But yeah, but it's it's cool that he's growing in a way that other f- fanboy directors kind of are choosing not to, which is really discouraging. Mm-hmm. Although, I mean, it comes back to uh, kind of comes back to him being British because we were just talking <laughs> about like the difference between British actors and American actors um, just a second ago. How you're like mm-hmm. we're, we're like uh, you know Nathan Fillion is uh, well, I guess Nathan Fillion's Canadian, but I guess North American. <laughs> um, we own them. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, we own them. Um, no, we don't. I'm kidding. Uh, no, you know we we're talking about Nathan Fillion and how he's like more of like a Bruce Campbell, whereas like Idris Elba is like ah, whatever, I don't care. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and that's because he's British. And you were the same thing with Benedict Cumberbatch, and now we're talking about it with uh, Edgar Wright. With Edgar no, Wright. yeah, I read. The, I watched this fascinating. Um, you know the Hollywood Roundtable does those Oscar. The Hollywood Reporter does these Oscar roundtables. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all great. You should watch them all. Um, but the one with the actors is so great because it's like Timothy Spall, Eddie Redmayne, Benedict Cumberbatch, and then Ethan Hawke, um, Michael Keaton, wow. and Channing Tatum. Wow. And it's just them like shooting the shit. And they they talk about like, you know, the difference between American actors and British actors. And Timothy Spall was like, look, like no disrespect to America. I mean, America has Marlon Brando and Paul Newman and all these great people. But – in Britain, we have an intrinsic love for the stage that I don't think American actors have. And so, like, not, I, I think... Not, well, here's, here's the thing with that, because I don't think that's true. Okay. And the reason I don't think that's true is because England is very small. Even yeah. Even if you include the United Kingdom, which is like, you know, three other countries, it's still relatively small in comparison to America. And I think that when you have all of that, all of those people, and you have these people that are actors, over there, they don't have to choose between the stage and the screen. Because mm-hmm. they can do both because there's so few actors that there's lots of work. 
Yeah. Like Whereas, that's why, yeah, you, you almost start, like you start on stage and then you do movies. Right. And then you can go back and forth, back and forth, whatever, over there. Yeah. Here, there's so many actors who start on stage and then just stay on stage. And sure. the only actors who cross over are ones that are like, oh, this would be fun for a few months. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, you're either a screen actor or you're a stage actor. And so these British screen actors are like, why don't you do stage? Well, that's because I'm a screen actor. Oh, so American actors don't appreciate the stage. Sure. No, it's just that you're not talking to any of the stage actors. You're only talking (laughs) to the screen ones. And every once in a while, like, you'll you'll see people. And I I think a lot of people, it would surprise you just because, like, we don't really hear a lot about stage acting. But, like, Sam Rockwell did, like, stage acting for, like, 15 years in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, some of them still do. Like, what was uh, – wasn't that – was it Tom Hanks that just did, like, nine months on stage? Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like a favorite of Nora Ephron. Right. Uh, um, freaking uh, Jake Gyllenhaal just uh, is, is doing Constellations right now yeah. with um, Felicity – not Felicity Jones. Um, homegirl Ruth Wilson. Ruth, Ruth Wilson. Oh, God. Yep. Which is great casting. Oh, my God. Um, I had, like, a kind of a – fan nerd moment where I was watching um, a video of them talking about the show, like when it opened and uh, someone like, so what's constellations about? And Jake Gyllenhaal was like, I think it's kind of like this. And it was like, I'm going to sound like such a douchebag, but it was kind of almost exactly what I told my cast, like on the first day of rehearsal. And I was like, Hey, Hey, (laughs) (laughs) that's cool. We got that's cool. We got the similar, we drew similar things from it. Yeah. Ruth, uh, God, Ruth Wilson. I want her to play the doctor so bad. She's great. And if you read, if if you, if you read Constellations, like you, you, Ruth Wilson is perfect for that part. Oh boy, it's yeah. a great play. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. I'd love to. I hope they don't make it into a movie. <laughs> uh, they because, probably won't um, because Daddy want. <laughs> uh, so next week we'll probably talk about the Oscars. I would imagine. Yeah, I might have to miss them because I'm studying for midterms. But oh, yeah, I'm having a little mini Oscar party. That's cool. It's my Super Bowl. It has a good uh, has a good host this year. It does, and it's the it's the closest race I can remember in a while. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So uh, you, there's a there's a bunch of uh, Oscar movies that I want to talk about, but we'll we'll do that next time. Did you read um, Nate Silver's like Oscar predictions? No. I don't. It's, I don't tend to really care about people's predictions. I okay. guess. I yeah. guess the thing about Nate Silver is that he's like pretty spooky at being right. Mm-hmm. But he he's predicting that, or he's he's deduced through statistics that um, it's going to be uh, Birdman, Best Picture, Richard Linklater, Best Director. Mm. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, Although there's this weird movement that says that, like American Sniper is going to sweep, which would just burn Hollywood to the ground. Y- yeah, yeah, that would be the biggest disaster of all time. Like that would be <laughs> like that would be um, Titanic level disaster. And by that I mean like I mean the movie, not the actual not Titanic the actual <laughs> ship. Yeah, <laughs> not the actual uh, crashing of the ship in 1912. Um, yeah, the idea of American Sniper beating Selma. Yeah. It would be like, it would be, I mean, it, it would be like the time, like every once in a while, although I guess we are about due for one of those. Um, oh, because it was like, uh, it, it was, was like Forrest Crash, Gump. Right? Yeah, it Forrest, was Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump, and then it was Titanic, and then it was Crash. Shakespeare in Love. Shakespeare in Love wasn't, 
I mean, I guess I don't the know. King's... Shakespeare in Love is is different, I think. Sure. Then the King's than the Speech one... beating. The, Shakespeare in Love is different from the one that was really popular that everyone wanted to win but shouldn't win and then won anyway. Yeah, that's like true. like Shakespeare in Love is like the one where you're just like, really that one best picture? That's yeah, huh? Weird. Um, it's like one of those like Dancing with Wolves is that yeah, is or that like Crash kind of thing? Um, Crash Crash is offensively bad. Sure, Crash beating Brokeback Mountain is like kind of a joke. Yeah. Crash is offensively bad in the way that Forrest Gump is offensively bad and Titanic is not a movie that should be nominated for an award. It's a popcorn or like, movie. <laughs> like Or like or extremely loud and incredibly close getting nominated. Yeah. Yeah. American Sniper is on that range. So have you seen it? What? Have you seen American Sniper? I have. Okay. It was god awful. I hated it. Oh, you didn't like it at all? No, I hated it. It was like watching someone play Call of Duty. It was Oh man. While See, cursing I... while cursing at everyone online. Like that's what it felt like. I hated <laughs> it. I hated it so much. I really um got a lot out of Bradley Cooper's performance. To I, me I actually didn't. I, I, okay. I don't I didn't really understand. Like I was like, okay, he's doing a he worked out a bunch and he's doing a hick accent. I I don't think that the movie gave him enough to do to really give a really good performance. Oh man, okay, we're, we're, we're running long, but have you heard about Steven Spielberg's version of it? Yes, it sounds amazing. It does right? sound amazing. That's the movie I want to watch. That's the movie that needed to exist. Literally, and- literally, like American Sniper is about this guy who is like you know just like killing brown people, like going through levels in the video game, killing brown people, and then he gets to the boss, and then he beats the boss, and then he's suddenly like, okay, game over, I'm done now. Yeah, and like, then he has, it's, a, he has PTSD, and then he has PTSD. Like, yeah, but know. we don't see the PTSD. Like, yeah. we get a, a couple of hints at it in between the levels, the video game levels, but... <laughs> the the cutscenes, if you will. Yeah, that's, that's it. We get little hints of it. Whereas, like, the Steven Spielberg movie was going to be all about the PTSD, and the, and the war was just going to be, yeah. like... Oh, but it, but it also would have been about the other sniper, who was an right. Olympian sniper. That's fascinating. Right. I want to hear that because from his and like like and like I don't I have in so this, much. You're literally I, the sniper. The only character that the sniper has is that when he's not sniping, he's thinking about sniping. Like because he's yeah. literally like they cut to a scene of him like at a coffee table, just like spinning a sniper bullet. Like yeah, and, and like, you're just like, oh really, really, and, really. <laughs> and it's like no, but it's about like our our troops and like no, but the troops are amazing and courageous but it's also this war is insane yeah and like what what's the point of view from people the people being invaded and i don't think it is a it doesn't paint a good picture for the troops it makes them look like inconsiderate assholes sure i mean like when ah ah that oh my god i just weep when i heard about that steven spielberg version yeah i know no it was i thought it was an awful movie i thought i thought it was an awful movie that is extremely problematic and when that guy uh killed those 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 people um last week i think it was yeah he killed those three people i was for sure convinced it was going to turn out that he did it because of this movie yeah because he was like he was like oh well bradley cooper's a hero so i wanted to Uh, be one too poor poor uh, it's really bad for bradley cooper yeah because this was a passion project for him yeah and it would have been a great movie if he had a director who gave a shit because like, he'd been talking about it since before Chris Kyle passed away. Yeah. I remember he was on uh, Fresh Air for Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah. 
and he was like, "So what's your next project?" And he was like, "I really, I really want to do American Sniper and yeah, blah, 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 and it, all this." And then what? And if yeah. it was, and if it was directed by Steven Spielberg, it would have been a real movie. But instead, it was Clint Eastwood, and Clint Eastwood didn't give a shit because he hasn't given a shit in like twenty years. Because he's like eighty-five. He's he just yeah. He's, he doesn't. He just wants to go home. Like <laughs> I just imagine every time something problematic happened in that movie, where you're like, "Really? This isn't a real movie?" Like. Like the terrible like, like the CG deer, the terrible dead CG deer. Yeah. Like at the beginning. And I like they have that CG deer and it's just dead and it's just laying there. And I just imagine them being like being like, uh, so here here's a problem. We we got another two hour wait on the on the deer carcass. Uh like they're still like, you know, putting fur on it or whatever, whatever the prop is. And he was just like he was just like, ah, fuck it, let's just shoot it and we'll Make fill it, it in with CG later. You can do that. And the same thing with the baby, where it's just like, uh, the real baby isn't showing up. Somebody go to fucking Toys R Us. I don't give a shit. Like, I just, I, it just, it's that's almost, what, he's like, I, I'm going home at five, whether we're I'm, done or I'm, not. Like, I'm that's how, <laughs> that's how I picture Clint Eastwood directing this movie. And then, you know, you find out that Clint Eastwood had nothing to do with the post process whatsoever. No, because he was already, like, wandering off. Like, I don't, yeah. Like, that's yeah. not a real filmmaker. That's not You're what ready. a real filmmaker does. I don't know, man. There's this whole, like, mystique to Clint Eastwood where it's like, oh, you know, Paul Clint only shoots it in one shot. He does two shots and he's done. And it's like, cool. That would be great if the movies were good. Yeah. That would be really impressive if the movies were, like, impressive. Yeah. Remember when he did that one that that one or two takes shit on, on that movie where it was all uh, amateur actors and you could tell? Ah. <laughs> <sighs> You were just like, you were like, oh, like I appreciated him casting like ethnically uh, correct people for those oh, roles. Are we talking, talking about Jersey Boys? No, no. I'm talking about um, uh, Grand Tur- Tur- Torino. Oh, that. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Grand Torino. Like I appreciated that he, he cast ethnically correct like people. Yeah. But because they were all amateur actors, doing it in one or two takes made a really bad movie. <laughs> Like it made Clint Eastwood look like the greatest actor of our time in comparison. Uh, and when, when in reality, if that was a movie filled with real actors, uh, he he just looked like he was doing like an Archie Bunker impression the whole movie. I got a light. Yeah. So I I, I don't know Clint Eastwood. And again, like I I, I want to say something kind of that I don't. I think it is important that for you know every thirty. You know, I think there are a lot of movies that speak to a sort of more liberal mindset. You know, mm-hmm. and I don't, I, I don't want to say like because I, I don't think that includes like movies like Selma, which is just a brutal, essential movie that I think we're going to be talking about for the rest of our lives. Yeah, but I'm not a. I I think it's important that there are movies that come out with a different political ideology than other movies. You know. Sure. But, like, and so that's not the problem with, you know, with people. Yeah. I, yeah I, no, I, I'm I would, fine with making a conservative movie. A conservative movie starring Chris Kyle. This is more problem. This is problematic. This is not just conservative, it's offensive. Yeah. Like, to a dangerous level, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Did you read that fantastic article on Badass Digest about, um, how like Mockingjay is about American Sniper? Yeah, yeah, that's great. That was yeah, that was a really good have, article. It is a propo. Yeah, 
Yeah. It, it's a propo. Yeah. I mean, it's American Sniper is basically it's like it's like weirdly this generation's Top Gun. Like that's yeah, kind of what it is. I mean, it doesn't have like like fun volleyball stuff. Yeah, it, it's a little bit more problematic because it is about a real man that that died. And right, right. Tried to try to like do right and right. Oh, there's so much more stuff you could have done with that story. Oh, so much more. There was a movie there. They just didn't yeah. make that movie because. Because Clint Eastwood... They didn't film the scene with the guy that murders him. Yeah. That could have been, like, so haunting and, like... Well, and they didn't film it because they didn't set up anything about the PTSD. So it would mean nothing in this movie. Whereas (sighs) if you do a movie about him battling through PTSD and then, like, coming out the other side, like, better, and then... And then trying to help people, and then the tragedy of him helping this guy and the guy is that's what him. kills him. Yeah, yeah, that's what kills him. Like that's that Poetic. is a powerful ending. Yeah, and it yeah, and it and it's respectful because that's what really happened. Right. And right, this, and this it, guy. It, it and it paints him as not just a war hero. He was more than just a war hero. He was like a real guy that was helping people. Like but the be- the beauty of that story could have been that he did more good once he left the battlefield. Right, right. Or just, or at least just as much good, you know? Sure. Yeah, of course. You, you, we don't even need to, like, point out, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to, like, you don't even need to really compare the two. You can just say, like, look at this guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> look at this guy. <laughs> look at this guy. Uh, but that's not what the movie did, and it was really, really bad and problematic as a result. Um, it was made for, it was made for Call of Duty fans. Like, that's what that movie was made for. Which is so weird, because, like, there's no way Clint Eastwood knows what Call of Duty is. No, but... I mean, he put a boss level in this movie. Sure. I, oh, did you hear about um, about uh, Steven Spielberg's new movie that he wants to make? The one that he's making with Tom Hanks right now or one after that? The one that he, he wants to make after BFG. Oh, oh, that's right. God. Because he's making yeah. the Tom Hanks spy movie. Cold no, War no, spy yeah, movie. yeah. He, he, he's, he's doing what he did back in 2005. Right, where he's just stacking movies. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, so he's got BFG after the Tom Hanks spy movie. And then what's the next one? Um, there's this book um, written by the it, – it's this book that's being – the screenplay is being adapted by the guy that wrote American Sniper. Okay. And it's it's going to be kind of what he wanted to do with American Sniper. It's based on a book called Thank You for Your Service. Okay. And it's, uh, it's the true life struggles of soldiers returning from service from Iraq and Afghanistan and chronicles their struggle to adapt back to regular life as they battle PTSD. Filming will apparently begin later this year. Oh, Okay. So oh, he's so like, he's doing it. So he's doing it before BFG. Then I think he's going to film it like this year, and then like BFG will come out in the in the summer, and this will come out theoretically like in the fall or winter. But has he started BFG? I think he's filming it right now. Oh, or, I, I thought don't he think was he, filming the Cold War movie right now. I think he. I don't think he's even started BFG yet. Oh, I, I think I think you're actually right. Yeah. So, man, he's just stacking up movies. And then I just saw that news that he's like, when he heard that Chris Pratt was attached to the Indiana Jones reboot, he's like, I'll direct that. (laughs) (laughs) Which you're just like, I, 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 I hear that. And I'm just like, I'm like, ah, that's, I mean, that's really adorable. Like, it's okay, Steve. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I just feel like I'm like, oh, that would be cool. But at the same time, it's like. I'd rather you do other things. Like See, I just would rather you do other things. You're you're a greatest living filmmaker, and I don't want you to make this movie. And I know that sounds weird. Yeah, it's somebody else's turn. I don't even think he just make. I don't know. Just make him Nathan Drake. I don't get why he needs to be Indiana Jones. Uh, 
then you, uh, under you, uh, in, in that uh, using that same logic, why does why does the Force Unleashed need to be or the Force Awakens need? Why does that need to be Star Wars? Well, I mean, because like, isn't Star Wars the next chapter of the story? Yeah, it's, but it's, like, it's the, I don't know, like Indiana in, Jones, it, you can do that with you can you can make him. Oh, is he? Bond. Oh, is he? Is he, it's is he a, not Indiana Jones? Huh? No, no. He, I think he is, but it's going to be like a James Bond thing where it's like. You're not going to get his origin again or something. Like, it's just going to be a James Bond adventure, like, but with Indiana Jones, you know? Okay. Yeah. I guess I just, I, I, I hope they just. People throw away that, throw around that reboot term. And I think it, it scares everyone because they think, oh, reboot. That means it's going back to the beginning again. But I don't think that's what this would be. Like, I, yeah. I and reboot just means a reboot of the franchise, like a refreshing, refreshment of the franchise. And yeah. you could, that can be a bad thing because you can get Amazing Spider-Man. Or it can be a good thing. X-Men Days of Future Past. Well, more more like first class, but yeah. Okay, yeah. But yeah, so like I don't know. It's 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 alright. I I I I'm I I'm all for like them recasting Indiana Jones and continuing the franchise. Like I like the idea of having a James Bond American James Bond set in like the World War Two, like that's pretty cool. Sure. Like I don't know. Oh, what cool. if it wasn't set in World War Two? That would be messed up. What if it was like literally James? Like what if they literally did Casino Royale? Oh, it was or like current. Like, it was like modern day. It's like hi, my name is Henry Jones. Well, it, at that me. point, at that point, then you should just make Uncharted. Oh, okay, because <laughs> that is yeah, okay. Yeah, that's just Uncharted. How do you feel about um, rebooting Ghostbusters? Going on that, going on that train of thought. I don't think in a universe where, in a universe where where Bustin has never made anyone feel good. Yet. I don't think it was necessary. I think that they could have done the exact same thing, only just made it a sequel. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think it was necessary to start over. Like the old movies never happened. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all about like the cast, and I'm all about the people involved. I just don't, I don't see the point in like starting over from scratch. Sure, I'm. I didn't love the heat. I liked it quite okay, a bit. Okay, cool. That's good. And I hope I like Spy, but yeah. I don't know. Paul Paul Feig is weirdly the thing I'm most nervous about. Yeah. I feel like I'm worried about him feeling like he found his thing, and so he's just going to keep doing that thing. Yeah. Um, Like Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really hope. She's a completely different character in the new Ghostbusters. Like, I hope she's the Egon. Yeah, that'd be great. Like, I mean, just just to be totally different, you know? Yeah, like because you have Leslie Jones. Yeah, you have Kate McKinnon. You don't need Melissa McCarthy. Doesn't need to like jump into a cake. You know what I mean? Like right. you. Right. Oh man, I love that cast because there's no apparent, um, like oh well, this one's obviously the Dan Aykroyd. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, it's sort of like, well, I don't even know who these people... Because, like, three of them are known... Or two of them are known... No, three of them are known for playing different characters every time. Right. Like, who knows what Kristen Wiig's going to be like? Who knows what Kate McKinnon's going to be like? Right. Well, and that's the thing is, like, I was I was shocked when I found out that they're not playing those characters. Or, like, female, like, gender-reversed versions of those characters. Yeah. I thought for sure that they were just, you know, Egon, Venkman, um, and, uh, and you know, Winston and, and Ray. Like, that's what mm-hmm. I thought that they were going to be. And then when that wasn't the case, they were like new characters. I was like kind of confused, I guess. Yeah. Because then at that point, seriously, at that point, if they're not playing those characters, 
why is this a reboot? Like, why isn't it not just a sequel? I guess because I, I, I guess Paul Feig wanted the how I, I, he wanted the the culture to deal with ghosts being a thing for the first time. I guess as opposed to like ghosts are back. I don't know. We have ghosts again. God, there's so many. There's just so much like cool stuff you could have done with a modern day sequel to Ghostbusters. Of course, yeah. Like, I mean, there's, there's so much cool stuff you could have done, and it's kind yeah. of a waste. Like those Max Landis tweets. Yeah, uh, I mean, I guess. I mean, that, was, so that those that. were cool. I have my own ideas that I would have done with the Ghostbusters sequel, but oh sure. Um, uh, the Slimer thing was interesting. Dumb. I guess. Yeah. I, I meant more like the um, – I, I was really – I really like the idea of like the team watching a trailer for the Ghostbusters reboot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was that was cool too. Or like each team being a different school of comedy. Yes, that I like. like Although that like, – then then you're getting dangerously close to, uh, the, to the, um, uh, the news anchor war from Anchorman. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> Only with Ghostbuster teams, yeah. Um, but anyway, that's I'm that I'm not anti reboot as long as it's like good. Like I I just as they always they need to we, give me a reason. Like if I watch that movie and I see no reason for why it was a reboot, mm-hmm. and it could have just as easily been a sequel with like little to no change. Yeah, that's a problem to me. It's like as well, why always, did you do we, that? What was the point? We remain pro good. Yeah. Right. Pro good. That's all we want. Just make it good. Yeah. <laughs> this is our longest episode, I think. I think it is. Uh, and with that, we should probably get to work because we have a lot of work to do. Yeah. See you um, in a couple weeks, guys. Yeah. But uh, we have an email address. So if you guys want to email us, you can do that at uh, podcast at duelinggenre.com. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can email the show now if you want. Uh, if you have any thoughts on anything we want to see, that we said today, uh, you can do that. Or, you know, just go to duelinggenre.com, find the post of this episode, and leave a comment. And, we love it. Yeah. And we'll uh, we'll see you guys next week where we'll probably be talking about the Oscars, most likely. <laughs> and, and, and American Sniper's victory. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, if that uh, happens, we might take a week off to grieve. Um, yes. So... We'll see you in a. We'll see you next week or in two weeks of American Sniper Bliss. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody.